Welcome to the BU Podcast, where lighthearted banter meets deep topics of the heart and soul. We're your hosts, Angela Lucia Lewis and Chris Sirock. Chris, <laughs> it's been a long time. It has been. This is our second episode. Yay. I was going to ask you where in the world you are, because I know you've been busy. Yes, I have been busy. I am setting up headquarters in Bali. That's right. And you're great at just being in the flow and letting life um, lead you to where you're meant to be. And it's led you to, to Bali. And not that that's easy, uh, you know, letting life unfold. There's always a part in us that is seeking control or seeking knowing. So you could meditate all you want. <laughs> and there's still, you know, some thoughts appear that questioning whether it's the right thing you're doing. And, and the differences between my old self and this self is the degree to which I give those thoughts any importance, any attention or if I just notice them and let them go. Our body chemistry is essentially is constantly interacting with itself and the world around you and, and like millions and billions of chemical reactions and um, all kinds of activity in, in our bodies. And that somewhere, somehow out of that thoughts, you know, most of them subconscious, uh, but some come up to the conscious level and then we're aware of them and we kind of, we have that choice of either getting lost in thought and going down the rabbit hole and, and letting it consume us. And then we're not really there. Some people say we spend 80 upwards of 80% of our day lost in thought. Or we learn to, through you know a daily meditation and mindfulness practice, we learn to become more independent of our thoughts. Right. So you're saying that, you know, all these different thoughts can come up and lead you. And what I'm sort of sensing is that, you know, it's up to us to, to listen. How do you discern between which thoughts to listen to? Well, ultimately, you don't have to believe any thoughts. <laughs> There's a truth that resides within that is beyond thoughts. And that is just uh, an inner knowing, an inner trust, a surrender to life. And these thoughts appear that that's not really where your guidance and your trust comes from. It's more your inner voice and more your intuition. Ooh, so can I ask you but how you would discern the difference then between a thought and intuition? Yes. So thoughts, you know, mental thoughts are they're heavy on comparison. They take you one direction one moment and then another direction the next moment. They kind of jump around and there's no real stability in them. So if you notice yourself believing one thing, oh, that's the way. And then you wake up the next day and, and you think, well, how about this other thing over here? And yeah, that's it, right? So that's a good indicator that you're just jumping around, you know, in these mental... Um, uh, this fickle mind that isn't really grounded in anything real. The mind operates on constantly looking around and looking for validation of its existing beliefs, but that's just a never-ending roller coaster. And um, so, rather than do live that way, it's that inner truth feels solid and doesn't need external proof. Uh, it's just an inner knowing and. It's easy to trust it. 
because it's just so solid. Right, right. And I've been actually told, tell me if, if you agree with this, that um, intuition or that inner knowing or downloads are sort of instant, right? They kind of just hit you. Whereas a thought can be more so of your 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 mind racing and it's less immediate. Yes, I would definitely agree to that. So the that knowing is more instant. It's uh, something resonates. You don't have to think about it a whole lot. You just know it. And uh, and just like you described, if you're kind of trying to figure stuff out with the with the head, it uh, you you just go deeper and deeper down rabbit holes. And and in fact, one of the most common questions I got, you know, even just today, five different times, someone asked, you know, how to prevent overthinking. And that's really what happens. Uh, you start to overthink because uh, the mind just it it go it reels out of control. If that's all you're using, it just kind of never stops with this comparison train. So preventing overthinking, but how about just interrupting it when it's happening? Well, that's a good question, too. So we shouldn't ever force anything. It's not about controlling our thoughts or interrupting our thoughts. Um, it's just noticing that you're thinking. That noticing is the disconnect that you're looking for. Because the moment you notice a thought, you're no longer identified with it, meaning there's a thought over here and, and you, your essence, your spirit, your being is over here and you're no longer glued to your thought as if you're one with it. So that's all really we have to do is train ourselves to, to notice thoughts sooner than, than later, right? So instead of getting lost in thought for 10, 20, 30 minutes, with some practice and um, I you know, teach meditation uh, based on more thought awareness, you can learn to come out of thoughts sooner because you just notice that you're lost in thought sooner. Right. It's all a practice. Okay. So I think we began to say how you were following your intuition, you were in flow and um it led you to Bali, where you're setting up your headquarters for BU. Do you want to share a little bit more about what's going on there? Uh, of course. And, and the funny thing is, leading up to this trip, I was expecting to take a couple months to really feel it out. I'd been here before, and I really, really enjoyed it. But with big decisions like that, you want to take your time. So I couldn't believe within... Two hours of landing, I was convinced that uh, this was the right move. And I was just totally flabbergasted at all kinds of excuses and concerns. My mind had been making up in the, in the run-up to the trip. I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> mm. That this might not be a good move, right? The, it, once I was here, it was solid. But yeah, man, my, my mind was making up all kinds of reasons why it might not be. Right. And again, you have to sort of decide which, which thoughts to listen to, right? The doubts or the, the reaffirmations. Yeah. And, you know, that's a good point where, like, often it's best not to listen to any thoughts and just put, yeah, and just put yourself in the situation. Because you could go thinking forever, uh, just sitting on the couch. But once you're in the situation... Uh, just notice how you feel, how, how things resonate. And that usually tells you very quickly 
what the deal is. Yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes you just have to do the thing and um, and and see how it goes day by day and check in and reassess. Okay, how am I feeling? How is this going? And kind of go from there. That's right. And then that then the challenge becomes to listen to the you know any red flags that pop up. So when they do, that you don't just continue blindly, uh, but that you actually notice the red flags, again, those feelings, and and actually act on those as opposed to just ignoring them because uh, that, that can take you deeper down a path that uh, will make it much harder to, to get out of later on. Right, right. Don't ignore the red flags. Have you been experiencing any red flags while you've been in Bali? <laughs> and if so, can you walk us through your process on how you've been handling it? Oh, wow. Okay, let's talk about, let's see, any red flags. <clears throat> There's no other way than to flow here. <laughs> so even my, you know, the part of me that likes to plan things or schedule things, uh, is being utterly um, uh, let down <laughs> because uh, it's just, uh, you know, and other countries are like this too. If you've ever been to Spain or, or Italy, that you just can't schedule multiple things per day at different times and expect them to get done, right? It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so really learning to, to go with the flow and... Um, even when you don't want to uh, and, and feel like you could get more stuff done. So not that that's a red flag, but that's just something to notice and then see if that, you know, if that's something you're willing to, right, uh, adjust to and, and, and live with and participate in, really. It's not just tolerating. Right. Okay, so this is a really good point. So if somebody wants to travel to another country or move to another country or even move to another city, just move in general and they do and they weren't sure about it and you know they had doubts about it or you know they had every sign that to do it either way you're saying ignore those thoughts and maybe just do it and then see how it goes and so now you're saying there could be you know um, a cultural difference around timing or around anything right and you're noticing this difference or how maybe the reality that you're experiencing doesn't match the the you know expectations that had built up yeah, how do you navigate this discomfort? Mm. Yeah, so it's in every situation in life where we notice uh, a discomfort, um, the key is to notice the discomfort. And that noticing, again, similar to what we just mentioned about noticing thoughts, so we're no longer uh, identified with them. Um, when it comes to feelings, noticing your feelings, your sensations in your body, where that feeling shows up and what what the nature of it is, what the quality of it is, what, you know, um, where it is in your body. The noticing of that interrupts this, the uh, reaction to the feeling. So the first key piece to living a smooth and really forward-oriented life is to come out of reactivity. So if we're noticing unpleasantness and we just push it away and then judge others or the environment for making us feel that way, then, then we're just acting from reactivity and there's nothing to be gained from that ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but noticing, oh, this is how it makes me feel, keeping your attention on on the, the physical sensation of that feeling. It interrupts your reaction to the feeling. 
And more importantly, it actually, it releases the feeling, uh, the sensation in your body. You're, you're not hanging on to it by resisting it because what you, you know, resist persists by, by pushing away an unpleasant feeling. It actually stays stuck in you and, and could possibly even get worse. But in this case, so you're releasing it and then you have a clear, balanced mind to assess the situation um, from a place of calm as opposed to from a place of reactivity. Uh, reactivity just leads to confrontation and chaos and, and upset. And it's, you can't uh, really make good decisions in that state of reactivity. Right, right. So going with this example of moving somewhere new and it being different, it's not meeting your expectations and you're noticing the discomfort, I'm hearing you say to, um, to notice and, and sort of observe and sit with your reaction. Um, and yes, we want to avoid being in reactivity. But how long would you say it might take for one to sit with, notice, meditate so that these, you know, um, feelings of discomfort eventually subside or go away. And then you end up sort of becoming one with the area that you're in. Or might that not happen at all in some cases? Yes, that's exactly it. I mean, you're releasing things that would otherwise, energetic knots that would otherwise, you know, start weighing on you. Instead, you release them. And so you start to just feel lighter and, and more flow. And But after how long? <laughs> when will I start feeling more flow? <laughs> well, that's that's your mind wanting to know. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it you know, with practice, it can get really quick. Um, you know, I wake up in the morning sometimes, and what I first do is I, I scan my body for for twenty seconds just to see if there's any any weird feelings or depression or whatever it can build up. You wait, whatever right. you wake up with, right? And at this point, I can just kind of scan and release stuff within seconds. I mean, just almost instantly. Um, now that comes after years of practice, but, um, and these are light things. So even if, if I encountered more of a, a deeper trauma, it would take me longer as well. Um, but it's, you know, it's you, the, the being present with your sensation, you're not, if you're thinking, oh, how long is this going to take? Then you're not really observing, you know, you're not an observant witness, unbiased, non-judgmental state. And you're kind of thinking and, and already projecting some kind of mental bias onto your feeling. And the whole point is to, you know, to, to come out of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing you say that if you're a beginner, basically, if you're new to this practice, then it's probably going to take a little bit, right? It's going to take some getting used to, you're going to have to keep doing this, um, be patient and, and, and keep practicing. But if you've been practicing meditation and observing your thoughts and all for, you know, some time, um, you know, whether that be months or years, then it gets faster and easier to, to observe any um, discomfort or whatever the, the negative or whatever the emotion is that comes up. Yeah, and that's, that's certainly true. Um, but there are, you know, there's going to be days and any, you know, seasoned meditator will know this. There's going to be days when it's just not working for you. And, and so uh, <laughs> it's accepting what is at any stage, mm -hmm. uh, even if you've mm -hmm. been, uh, you know, doing this for 20 years, it's, you're going to wake up on certain days, your mind is just going to be unruly and super noisy and busy. And, 
there's nothing you can do to calm it that and then that's okay and you just accept that so there's no linear path in in this and the one thing i would say is that generally speaking you'd be surprised i was certainly it's easier than we think um there are still things that a mindfulness meditation practice isn't enough you need a structured uh professional support and work with a therapist or more firepower to to deal with it. So if you notice there's something that you just can't even begin to get close to it, uh, to observe it, then you'll need to, you know, summon more help. But for the most part, you know, most of our suffering is is the daily stuff. Uh, I was talking with a friend who was just feeling dread um, the night before thinking about work the next day. And so we just did this exercise. He'd gotten promoted and there was imposter syndrome and more things involved. So we just did the simple, you know, breathing and and, uh, setting your attention on where he was feeling the dread in his body. He was able to locate it right away and put his attention there. and, And within a minute, he felt relief. He actually started laughing and and turned to me as, you know, Chris is... I can't feel it any longer. Is this what's supposed to happen? <laughs> mm, that's beautiful. I yeah, know. there's um, there's there's that expression, name it to tame it, right? When you name the sensation, your amygdala sort of, you know, acknowledges it and then it tames the reaction to that sensation. Yes. Um, also, there's just a beauty in being witnessed. So the fact that you were guiding him through this and he was able to share it with you, I think it's really healing, personally speaking, at least when, when I'm being witnessed and in, in a feeling. Yeah. Oh, for sure. If you have others around you that can help hold a safe space for you and anyone who you know meditates knows that it's easier to do uh, with others, even if it's just online and you're in total silence, but just knowing someone else is there is uh, is a great help it's the sense of support it's it it even brings in more acceptance right it brings in more acknowledgement and awareness because it's not just you aware of it now right it's 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 another um support person and that also helps to yeah accept yeah i like what you're saying there because it's it's essentially more people amplifies Mm -hmm. uh you know has that amplification effect uh, then you can just do on your on your own. So there's definitely strength in numbers here. Mm-hmm. Plus, you don't feel crazy that you're sitting on a couch. <laughs> <laughs> there's others who are just as crazy as you. Oh, That's my right. Yeah. <laughs> you're not alone. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Chris, for, as always, shedding so much light and wisdom on um, various topics we covered today. We talked a little bit about being in flow and making life choices or changes. So thank you again. And I look forward to our next chat. Oh, thank you, Angela. Always such a pleasure to share the (laughs) the stage with your light. Can't wait for the next one. Sounds good.